Mighty Fortress is Our God and, and all those beautiful songs that, uh, that came from those reformers. The first one we sang was John Wesley. That was a little later. Uh, but the second one, right out of Martin Luther's, right off of his pen, right out of his mouth. Uh, this is a Reformation Sunday, as you may know or may not know. Um, it, that's, that's the proper name for it, not the Sunday before Halloween. And uh, I know, we're part of our world, aren't we? But uh, on this day in uh, 1517, a long time ago, uh, Martin Luther started the Protestant Refor- Reformation by nailing the, his 95 thesis on the church door in Wittenberg, Germany. And what a ride it's been ever since. Our scripture lesson this morning is going to come out of Psalm 71. And I'm not going to read all of that psalm, but I'm going to read portions of it. Let me read with verse 1, and then I'm going to jump down to verse 17, or verse, uh, excuse me, verse 14. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me. You are my rock and my fortress. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for the number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. Even so, to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me, until I proclaim your might to another generation your power to all those to come. O God, who is like you? You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. Verse 22, I will also praise you with the harp for your faithfulness. O my God, I will sing praises to you with the lyre. O Holy One of Israel, my lips will shout for joy. When I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed, and my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long. Let us pray a moment. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would open our hearts and minds to hear your word. And not just hear it with our ears, but hear it with our hearts. Oh God, allow your Holy Spirit to move among us and within us and around us and do what you do. Convince us. Convict us. Show us, Lord, where we need to be growing in you and show us, Lord, where we're falling short. Show us, Lord, your great love and your great power. Change us. Transform us just a little bit more into the people of God that we want to be and that you have called us to be. We make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Max Lucado, I think most of you have heard of Max Lucado, a prominent Christian writer. He wrote a book a while back called The Cure for the Common Life. Maybe the emphasis on common and cure. One of the sections entitled is, Use Your Uniqueness to Make a Big Deal Out of God Every Day of Your Life. I love that phrase. Make a big deal out of God. Simple. If you really think about it, that single phrase could change your life. It could help you handle anything that comes your way. Anything. Anything that comes up into your life, anything that you should be doing, or questions about what you should be doing with your life, your time, your conversations, your activities, the whole, the whole piece. If you put it under the umbrella of making a big deal out of God, then it'll transform the way you live. You know, we make a big deal out of something every day, usually. And someday, sometimes we make a, a really big deal, and sometimes we make too big a deal out of things. Each day has its own headlines, you might say, its own top stories. And the question is, is it going to be, what's that going to be in your life? When you wake up in the morning, what's going to be the headline for the day? What are we going to make a big deal out of? For some people, it's work. Work is their big deal. Now, work is necessary. Work is is a God-ordained profession. We have to devote ourselves some to work to our job. But for some people, it becomes an obsession or a huge drudgery. Their life revolves around work, around getting ahead, around getting a promotion, about getting this done or that done, about making this this deal or that deal, about making more money. That's their big deal. For others, it may be sports. We had a wild sports weekend, haven't we? All they want to do is play it or watch it Or if they can't play it, they like to talk about it, read it, read about it. Or it could be politics. For others, it might be music. For others, movies. And on and on. Pick your headline. Pick your big deal. And you can tell after a few moments of a conversation with somebody what their big deal is. However, even more important than making a big deal out of our job or out of sports or politics or music or movies or anything else. Even family, even church, more important than all of that, we need to be making a big deal out of God. Out of God. Psalm 70, right before the psalm I just read, David said in in verse 4, he said, May all who seek us rejoice and be glad in you. In you. May those who love your salvation say evermore, God is great. Or God is exalted, as some versions put it. David was making a big deal out of God, wasn't he? If the Bible teaches us anything, it, it teaches us that, that God wants to be present in our life. He, he wants to be with us day in, day out. He isn't a God who stands way off somewhere. He's a God, of, of, a personal God who gets involved. I mean, that begs the question of why, but, but we won't go into that. That's what He wants. That's what He desires. That's what makes Him so unique. He wants to make the headlines in your life and my life every 
day. So when David says, say evermore, God is great, he's talking about making a big deal out of God all the time, every day, all day, as much as you possibly can. So the question always comes up, then how do we do that? How can you even think about doing that? And that's where we can go back to to the psalm that follows that statement, Psalm 71. Again, written by David, probably some years later. Talking about some of the gray in his hair. Talking about his old age. But in 71, David gives us some of the hows. Some of the hows of how we can make God, number one, make God a big deal every day of our life. And the, and the first how that we can we glean out of this, 70, this uh, Psalm 71 is we need to put God right in the middle of our problems. Put God right in the middle of our problems. How many times have we talked about, well, we're going to take care of this, and I'm going to have to take care of this, and, and this over here is bugging me, and I've really got to get that deal dealt with, and this and this and this. And, and prayer, or talking about or with God, is way down the list somewhere. It seems to get crowded out by the tyrannies of the urgent. David says in verse 1, In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. In you, let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be, you be, my rock and refuge to which I may continually come. That's what David believed. And that's how David, David looked at God. God was, God was there in you, in your righteousness. You be my rock. David understood that when the going gets tough, the tough call on God. <laughs> you know, we tend to go the other way, don't we? we? I know you know that phrase. When the going gets tough, the tough get where? Nope. We're supposed to, when the t- tough gets going, the tough does what? Call on God. God. We've got to change our paradigm. We've got to change the way we think. David knew that God was his only true answer. We confess that this morning in our prayer. Not our power. Not our strength. It's not us. It's not us. You don't have to live too long in this world to know that you don't have a whole lot. I mean, when it comes to the big deals, you know, you can't really deal with much of those big deals. So give it to God. Make a big deal out of God because God can deal with them. And he knew that God was the only true answer, the only one who could solve the situation. He knew that if he put God in the middle of his problems, he was putting God right where the problem could be solved. Because that's truly the only place that we can find hope. When you're going through difficult times, that's the time to focus on God more than ever more. Ever. Like the old cliche, you know, pray hardest when it's hardest to pray. Pray hardest when it's hardest to pray. When you put God in the middle of your problems, it means that you don't magnify the problem, you see? We're not dwelling on the problem, we're dwelling on God. You don't make a big deal out of the problem, you make a big deal out of God. You focus on Him, not the problem. You focus on God's ability to see you through. And when you read through this psalm, when you read through a lot of the psalms, that's, that's the theme That's the theme of God showing up to bring his children through. David knew where to place his hope. 
In verse 20, he says, You, God, who have made me see many troubles and calamities, will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. David knew. He knew where the hope was to be found. He knew who had always saved him. David knew that God was sovereign over everything. He was greater, always greater. Greater than any problem he could face. Greater than any need he would have. That God was the answer for everything. And so David wanted to make a big deal out of God. And we need to do the very same thing. No matter whether it's a personal struggle, whether it's a struggle with our church, or a struggle that our church is having as a a group, we need to make a big deal out of God. We need to take our eyes off the problem and and instead uh, start looking at at how God can solve that problem, trusting Him to solve that that problem. We need to quit trying to solve it in our own ability, trusting God's ability, and see the difference. It's like the old hymn we used to sing, Trust and Obey. Remember that? Trust and Obey. Or the other old hymn that that I like, uh, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, Look Full in His Wonderful Face. What? And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. Those problems. Those problems. Put God in the middle of your problems so you can magnify the power of His presence and not the power of your situation. Here's another way that we can make a big deal of God. We can can put God in the center of our conversations. Look at what David David did in, in verse 15. He said, My mouth, my mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day. Drop down to 16. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. And 18, so even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until what? Until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those who come. 24, he says, and my tongue will talk. (laughs) My tongue will talk. David was putting God in the center of all his conversations, wasn't he? He wasn't afraid to tell the world and tell everybody who God is, what God does, how great He is. You know, let's think about it. What subject do we tend to return to again and again and again during the day? Is it God? Is is God our big deal? Is God our passion? Is God our obsession? Or maybe more importantly, what, what type of conversation do we normally have again and again? You know, I know people, and I'm sure you do too, who just can't talk about how bad things are. And you don't want to be around them too long because they kind of pull you down, don't they? This is wrong, that's wrong. This, you know, the world, as you know, it's, it's, it's gone. Some people can't finish a sentence without sarcasm. <laughs> Some people can't make any observation without being critical. It's the tone of their conversation And it always seems to move in these negative directions. And the more they speak negative, sarcastic, critical things, the more negative and sarcastic and and critical they become. You know, your conversation sort of shapes your character. David says, my mouth will tell of your righteous acts. 
and your mighty deeds and your righteousness. That's what he's saying. That's what he's proclaiming. And not just speak it. He says, his little word keeps showing up in, the, in these verses all day long. Or as in verse, that verse 4 of chapter 70, evermore, evermore. What David was proclaiming was positive. What David was proclaiming was uplifting. It was empowering. Most importantly, it was God-centered. You know, it's impossible to talk about God's power and continue to waddle, wallow in self-defeatism. It's impossible to talk about God's saving grace and continue to criticize everybody. It's impossible to talk about God's righteousness and can continue to nurture a whole lot of sarcasm and a whole lot of condensation for the condensation, condescending attitude for those around you. The more you talk about the good things of God, the more you lift Him up, the more like God we become. It's a real thought. Many people say that non-believers are uncomfortable when we talk about God. I don't believe that's true. I've never found that to be really true. I haven't known anybody who was put off by hearing a story of how God came through in a time of crisis. They may not believe it. They may not agree with it particularly. But they certainly were not offended. You know when we start offending non-believers? We start offending non-believers when we tell them not how good God is, but how bad they are. That's when we cross a line. Many people think that's the definition of evangelism. <laughs> They're not doing the job if they, if they don't point out the fact that, you know, you're wrong. You need to be a believer. You know, that's really the Holy Spirit's job. You read that. John 16. The Holy Spirit came to convict, to save the world from sin. It's our job, our job, to proclaim the goodness of God. It's our job to, to proclaim the power of God and the faithfulness of God, the love of God. We're to exalt Him, to talk of His greatness, as David said. Not magnify sin, not magnify the world, not magnify the devil, not magnify sickness, not magnify what's wrong. Magnify what's right. Magnify the Lord. And that means you talk about Him. That means He's the big deal in your conversations. A third way we make a big deal out of God is we make God the target of our praise. I say that all the time because it's, all, it's in every verse almost of Scripture. It's everywhere in Scripture. To give God praise. David says in verse 6, I will ever praise you. My mouth in verse 8 is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor again all day long. Verse 14, I will praise you more and more. And the first way we give God praise is what would you think? We just say it. We just say it, don't we? That's the first way we give Him praise. God, I praise You. God, I exalt You. God, You are great. Thank You, God. You alone are holy, and You alone are righteous and merciful and kind. You know, you, 
you start saying these things all day long, and, and pretty soon you're, you're going to start to believe it. <laughs> and, and, and there's no shortage of things we can praise God for, is there? I mean, you're here. You made it this morning. You got up this morning with, with life and breath. God is gracious to us in so, so many ways. Just look around. Another way we praise God is with music. With music. And, and we're blessed. We're blessed with music. If God has given you that gift of music, then by all means, use it. Use it. Choir practice is Tuesday at 7? 6.30. Okay. Use it. Use it. However, if you're like me, God has given me a heart for music. Mm-hmm. I need to use that too. And what a blessing it is to share a hymn or a chorus. David declared in verse 22, I will praise you with the harp for your faithfulness. Oh my God. I will sing praise to you with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you. Two thoughts. First, you don't want to be more focused on the music than the one to whom the music is about. The purpose of praise and worship is not to entertain our ears, but to move us into a spirit of praise and worship, to to magnify our heart. And secondly, you, you don't do this with the sole objective of feeling good. Many people think this is the purpose of praise. Many per- per- people think this is the purpose of music in the church. And we walk away feeling good. That's not really the point. It does feel good. And we do get blessed to be in the presence of God, to be in the presence of those who, who utilize their gift, to be able to sing ourselves even in the shower. But that's not the starting point. We praise God because He is worthy to be praised. Period. Giving Him the praise He deserves. And it helps us get our mind off ourselves. It, it lifts our, our focus up to Him. And that's what this whole, whole message is about. Because He's the only, only one who really matters. He is the Holy One of Israel. When we make a big deal out of God, when we give Him praise in the midst of all of our circumstances, everyone, good and bad, then He is exalted. We are blessed. You want to make a big deal out of God? You want to make a big deal out of God in everything you do in your life? We want to make a big deal out of God as His church? Then we need to start where it's the toughest. We need to put Him right in the middle of our difficulties. Right in, the diff- right in the middle of our challenges, right in the middle of our problems. And ask Him to magnify Himself and demonstrate His power to overcome. Ask Him to give you the strength and the wisdom to work through every challenge, every difficulty, and then trust Him. Trust Him for the results. No matter what things seem, no matter what things look, trust Him. Trust that all things do work together for good. You want to make a big deal out of God with your life? Then make Him the center of of your conversations. Make Him the center of what people see you do and and say. Make Him the passion of your life. And, And so others know that. Keep finding ways to talk about the goodness 
and the great greatness of God. You want to make a big deal out of God with your life? Then develop a habit of giving Him the praise He deserves in every single circumstance. As David said, my mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor, and you would know all the